It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this time in history. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Jen, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Yes, happy Tuesday. Day after you know what. <clears throat> the day that, yes. And uh, what is it, uh, four days before your favorite day, which is Friday? Yeah, yeah. It's the way it works. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's the way it works. So, uh, be sure to check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of the upcoming guests, as well as first look at our most recent op-eds. Or, uh, we're calling them essays now. We're changing that to essays. Our most recent essays and our most recent podcasts. And uh, thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity. By looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And my friends, remember, it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, freedom, or livelihood via force, whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the globalist view of how you should live your life. And remember, if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do that, Producer Steve. Let's keep in mind that globalist view of how you should live your life is not just here in the U.S. It is global. It is global. But the, the, I think that their view is, is that instead of raising up third world countries to be able to thrive and, and prosper uh, like we do here in America and in the West, their idea is to bring... Um, bring the West down, to bring America down. They are, they're working hard to make that happen. Would you say John Kerry is a part of that group? Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, you know, in the last three or four weeks, it's popped out. There are some documents floating around that Kerry doesn't want to be seen until 2024 election. So you've got to keep your eyes on these guys and their shenanigans. He doesn't want, I don't understand. He doesn't want to be seen. What do you mean? Well, he does these documents. So, you know, he doesn't want, uh, you know, you and I to see these documents. But already, I guess a freedom of information based group oh, okay. has put up a lawsuit and said, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Kerry, we'd like to see those now. Okay. So he's got some documents that he does not want us to see until 2024. Can you imagine what that might be? Who knows? But remember yesterday when we were talking about the WHO, uh, the uh, World Health Organization, that that they wanted to, what, let's see, have a treaty regarding reactions to pandemics. Is that right? I got to find that exactly. But but uh, they and they wanted to kind of fast track that as well between 2023 and 2024. They are they are they are really. they're really after everyday people. When, you know, when Trump looked into the ca- camera and he said, they're not after you, they're not after me, they're after you. 
we now see with the Biden administration that that is true. The the squeeze that's being put on uh, everyday hardworking Americans, no matter what your descriptor is, it is just um, it's rather remarkable. Producer Steve. Well, uh, I, I guess I dare not reach for too many derogatory terms talking about the president but every time he looks into the camera and no matter what the topic is it's like it's not for the benefit of the people it is not for the benefit of the american people and when americans thrive and flourish and prosper it's good for people across the globe and it's so interesting well it used to be that people you know, wanted to come here for freedom i right now with what's going on down at the southern border I think that there are people that want to come here for freedom, for the the uh, American idea. And that's what it used to be. But if people are coming here for free stuff or if they want to hurt us, that's what we need to protect ourselves against. And that, that is not occurring down at the southern border right now, Producer Steve. No, I, I don't pretend to understand all the nuts and bolts of it. But Title 42 was holding back uh, some of this and we're going to let it expire. And again, it's it's just going to get crazy wild down there again even you know it's been I, even more so yeah even more, more so. so it's been somewhat just, uh you know, we've grown accustomed to the pace and it was manageable to to a degree but that's going to go away and it's going to be a free-for-all again well and this really is an invasion of our country and uh, just opening up the border and i mean just think about this in times of war I mean, here here there's a, such a um you know, such concern about the Ukrainian, the Ukrainian border. But here uh, in America, the border's wide open. These things just don't match up. And uh, one has to ask why. It's like we can't get to the, the midterm elections fast enough. But to your point, Steve, you're doing a countdown on how many days it is to get to, uh, to the midterms. And bear in mind that these people that have taken this power, seize this power, they're not going to give it up easily. And uh, so I'm sure that they have things that they're working on to try to assure that there is not a red wave in uh, November of 2022. And that number is 217 days, by the way. It is coming fast and furious. Uh, to that point, this weekend is the uh, Colorado State GOP Assembly. It's down in Colorado Springs. And this is where the delegates that have been elected from the county assemblies and then some of the other elected people within the party will be selecting our candidates for the state ballot. And what is so interesting with all the brouhaha uh, regarding um, uh, electronic voting, the state GOP has decided that there's going to be electronic voting on this. And there is a movement to reach out to Christy Burton Brown. And whether or not you're a delegate or not, I would recommend that you email her at Christy at coloradogop.org, I think it is. I'll make sure that that's the correct thing, uh, the correct address, and request that we have paper ballots. It only makes sense with all that has happened in this last election, Steve. Well, again, no argument here, but you're going to get probably from her, you know, from Brown is she's going to not necessarily be pushing back, but she's going to be very hesitant to step into that, uh, you know, put a toe in that water. Well, they did. She already did put a toe in that water when they decided that they're going to be doing electronic voting. 
particularly when there's been so many different questions on that. And uh, so, my friends, and I will get that. I, th- I I'll get that so that we have the uh, the correct email address. But uh, I would recommend all of you, particularly delegates, though, reach out to her and request paper ballots, because it doesn't really take that long. We can we can figure this out. Uh, and and if they do electronic voting, okay. But we've got to have some kind of a backup that is a paper ballot as well, producer Steve. Well, again, the concern is not so much the technology, but the nefarious things that can be done with the technology and no real uh, gatekeepers, let's say, to you know prevent it from happening. Well, even if you're watching, and I would recommend that uh, you go to tinapetersforcolorado.com and look at the three different Mesa County uh, voting systems reports that are there. Read the executive summary. And the second report notes, remember how we were assured that there is no way that there could be, um, you know, any connection to the Internet with these voting machines? Well, they actually found in those machines 36 uh, different wireless devices. And these machines were manufactured in Mexico and China. So let's just think about that. So I don't think that we can trust electronic voting. And I would highly recommend, and I've already emailed Christy Burton-Brown to request that we have paper ballots or paper ballot backups as well. So that's super important. Uh, Wanted to just mention, did you happen to watch the uh, NCAA men's final last night, Producer Steve? (laughs) You keep dragging me out here, and I have to confess, no, I did not. (laughs) Well, I watched the very end. I was working on a whole bunch of other stuff. But uh, I thought I, I'm going to watch the very end. Very exciting. Uh, the uh, University of Kansas Jayhawks won the national championship. And it was a, a very exciting game. And uh, played very well by the University of North Carolina as well. But it's pretty exciting to win a national championship. And congratulations to Bill Self and the uh, KU Jayhawks. Uh, yes. I, I mean, I, I heard about it on the way in this morning. Immediately pulled it up off the NCAA website. Uh, incredible comeback being down 16 points and is now i guess being logged as the biggest comeback victory ever so yeah it's it's a it would have been great to see i'm kind of sorry i missed it well and you have to take the and what's a life lesson from this the life lesson is to never give up and uh, so it's it's extremely exciting and yes an amazing comeback as well and speaking of never giving up <clears throat> we can't give up on our state we can't give up on our country there are so many people that are stepping forward uh, but today is a um, busy busy day and that is noon to 3 p.m there is a colorado election truth rally and it is down at the capitol and there's going to be all kinds of speakers but tina peters uh, mesa county clerk and recorder a candidate for Colorado Secretary of State will be speaking, as well as America's mom, and that is Sharona Bishop. Both of these women are have put themselves at great personal risk because they believe so much in this this country, and they're, they've come under attack. Both of them have come under attack. And so come out and support them. And that will be noon to three down at the Capitol. I think it's supposed to be a little windy, so dress accordingly. Uh, I will be the MC for the event, and I'd love to have you come down and join us. And that is down at the Capitol, and that will be from noon to three. Before we go to break, <clears throat> our quote for today, 
I decided, I don't know why, I just decided I wanted to take a look at J.R.R. Tolkien uh, quotes. And uh, he was an English writer, poet, uh, and academic, best known as the author of high fantasy works such as The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. From 1925 to 1945, he was the Rawlinson and Bosworth Professor of Anglo-Saxon and a fellow of Pembroke College, both at the University of Oxford. He was born in 1892. He died in 1973. And as we look at each day, I think this is just such a great quote. He said, I think I'm quite ready for another adventure. What do you think about that, Steve? <laughs> well, obviously, he was more adventurous than I because there's, you know, I have a great adventure. I need some, I need some recoup time. So to say I'm... So you can get ready? Yeah. yeah so you know, to say I'm ready for another adventure, uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> You know what? It's going to start whether or not you're ready or not, Producer Steve, because as you know, we're always doing something that is a brand new adventure here with uh, the whole team at the Kim Munson Show. So let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, this bill of the day, which is quite interesting, and a couple of other comments as well. Uh, in the third and fourth segment of the first hour will be uh, Colorado Representative Kim Ransom. She is on the Joint Budget Committee. Uh, we're looking at a thirty over a thirty-six billion dollar budget this year, if you can believe it. And so we want to talk with her about that. And then in the second hour, we'll have Kathleen Chandler on regarding her local government project and all the work that she's doing in that particular arena. And my friends, the we're so excited to have the two hours from six to eight. Uh, and then the rebroadcast work this way: that the six to seven hour rebroadcast, one to two in the afternoon. And then the seven to eight hour rebroadcast, 10 to 11 at night. And then by the end of the day, <clears throat> we have the podcast and the, the summary, the daily summary or the daily show up on my website. And the way the podcasts are is you click on the picture of each, each day, and then it brings up the summary as well as the podcast is embedded in that. So let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about this bill of the day. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And it is a busy week. A couple of things. Again, I would highly recommend that each and every one of you reach out to Christy Burton Brown. I was going to have that address for you. Um, hold on here just a second, Stephen. I think I can get that. She is the Colorado State GOP. And, um, chair and she hold on here 
um, we need to reach out to her and ask her to have paper ballots down here at the state assembly instead of electronic voting, or at least uh, paper ballots to back that up. And it's Christy, that's K-R-I-S-T-I at C-O-L-O-G-O-P dot org. That's Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I at Colo. C-O-L-O-G-O-P dot org. It's super important that we do this, my friends, because uh, we need to have a backup on what's going to be happening down there at the state GOP. Uh, also today is the election rally, noon to three, down at the election truth rally down at the state house, noon to three, and would highly recommend that you join us all on that as well. Steve, let's jump over here to the bill of the day. As if our small businesses in Colorado didn't have enough going on, this is House Bill 22-1355. Uh, primary sponsors are Representatives Lisa Cutter and Senators Julie Gonzalez, both, and they're both Democrats, and Kevin Priola, and he ha- has an R after his name. There are no other Republican sponsors besides Priola. And this bill is 51 pages long. It's much longer than the Constitution of the United States of, of America, if you can believe it. And, so, and it's a producer responsibility program for recycling. And it says, on or before June 1st, 2023, the executive director of the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. Boy, you know, they've been real friends of businesses choosing who's essential and who's not. This is just another way for them to determine who's essential and who's not, I think. Must designate a nonprofit organization. Can you say cronyism, Steve? Uh, I can. Okay. To implement and manage a statewide program that provides recycling services to covered entities in the state, which are defined as residences, businesses, schools, government buildings, and public places. The program is funded by annual dues, producer responsibility dues, paid by producers of products that use covered materials, and covered materials are defined as packaging materials and paper products that are sold, offered for sale, or distributed in the state. And then it also creates a statewide recycling advisory board that consists of members who have expertise in recycling programs and are knowledgeable about recycling services in the different geographic regions of the state. Okay, first of all, uh, a new bureaucracy that is <laughs> that is going to be um, covered uh, or governed, shall we say, by the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. They choose a crony, a nonprofit organization, that will be paid to implement this. They forcibly will have um, producers have to use certain kinds of packaging materials or pay dues for this, I guess. And uh, what could go wrong with that, producer Steve? Well, you're probably wondering why I'm laughing. I first read this thing, and my I pulled up, <clears throat> excuse me, dictionary.com. Uh, the definition of bureaucracy, because if you were giving a civics class and you wanted to teach your students something about bureaucracy, this bill in in the portion of it that you just read from would be a classic example. It's Absolutely. Incredible. Because, all right, listen to these definitions. Excessive multiplication of and concentration of power in administrative bureaus or administrators. Administration characterized by excessive red tape and routine. So just look. Yeah, just look at this. It's just uh, remarkable. Again, 51 pages long. 
uh, longer than the Constitution of the United States. But Ed Sealover over at the Denver Business Journal has written a piece, From Groceries to Beer, Colorado Packaged Goods Sellers Could Face a Fee to Fund Recycling. Now, Steve, just, just bear in mind, through the whole pandemic, uh, these mom-and-pop organizations, these smaller uh, or businesses, excuse me, these smaller businesses and mid-sized businesses were really hit hard, again, because of uh, bureaucrats making decisions about their businesses. So uh, Ed Sealover says this. It says, Colorado companies that produce packaged goods from groceries to beer to toys. Now, again, Colorado companies. This means it's going to make it very difficult for them to compete uh, outside of Colorado. So Colorado companies would have to uh, pay a fee that would launch and sustain a statewide free recycling program. There's nothing free there. Nobody's doing anything for free. Uh, Under a bill introduced late Thursday in the Colorado House. House Bill 1355, sponsored by Representative Lisa Cutter, Democrat from Morrison, would make Colorado one of the first states in the country to pass a producer responsibility bill after Maine and Oregon followed the lead of Canada and put similar laws into place last year. Uh, producer Steve, uh, I don't even see the term California here. <laughs> I think Colorado start, start trying to out California, California. It says the proposal would first create an industry-led advisory board, bureau, again, bureaucracy, to determine what fee would be needed to offer recycling services in all corners of the state, then would seek to put the program in place by mid-2025. Um, going on further into Ed's piece, he said, some, uh, some business leaders said immediately that the bill places an undue burden on a, on a middle-tier group of local companies at a time when they are facing rising costs for goods and labor and supply chain disruptions. Cutter and Priola declined to say if they have support from Governor Jared Polis, who he has uh, said that he is emphasizing prior- priority this year for passing bills that save residents and small businesses money. Um, I find this absolutely um, remarkable that they would even propose something like this, Producer Steve. Well, <clears throat> Ed also says <laughs> that the bill is largely a response to Colorado's diversion of only 15% of recyclable materials from landfills, a rate that is less than half of the national average. So if I were down at the state house, I said, well, well, let's find out the reason for that before we go out and write another bill. And I'm not sure that I really believe that. If Colorado is as environmentally conscious as we're touted that we are, then this doesn't really match up. And But I think that many times, you know, you can pull out information and uh, facts and figures to uh, justify anything that you're doing. And I really think that that's probably the case because um, I, just, I, just, I just find it suspect to believe that, Steve. Well, uh it, it's government. It's government doing what government does best, and and that doesn't mean it's anything really good. Yeah, uh, true that. So anyway, uh, fifty-one pages long. Uh, it's um, going to make it more more expensive for our small businesses. Again, squeezing our small to mid-sized businesses, and they have to pass those costs on. So it's going to increase the costs to the everyday consumer, and all of these are those that are getting squeezed. And, and this whole recyclable, sustainable 
agenda. We, we are to be good stewards of our earth. There's no doubt about that. We're to be good stewards of our earth. However, under the guise of sustainability, now all this recyclable um, language out there, this is, again, this is coming down from the World Economic Forum. And, uh, and again, what it does is it's squeezing everyday people. If they really cared about the environment, again, we just have to go back. If they really cared about the environment, then they wouldn't be jetting around on their jets all over the world. I mean, let's just figure it out. And let's think about how much they probably use. And, and they don't worry, worry so much about uh, recycling. So, again, it's a squeeze on everyday people which is so frustrating, and it's so frustrating to have this happen, this Colorado legislature, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just the classic, hey, do you have time for some uh, humor of sorts? I mean, it's very applicable. We do. All right. You, I mean, I guess both of us in our adult lives grew up knowing that there was a, a late-night news pro- program on Ted Koppel Nightline. Right. All right, so... No secret that Jen Snarky, I'm sorry, Jen Saki, uh, is leaving the White House and going over to MSNBC to host a show. And uh, there's speculation as to what her, what the name of the, her program might be. And I, this guy, my hat's off to him because he's saying <laughs> the the name of Jen Snarky's show will be Night Lion. That's L Y I N apostrophe. That is that is funny. That is funny. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about something that is not funny, and that is that um, Governor Polis yesterday signed uh, this abortion bill here into Colorado, and I I was thinking about it, Steve. Here we as Americans, we're, we're being bombarded daily with these very tragic photos and stories from Ukraine with the, you know, with what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. And it really is affecting people. I mean, I can feel people, they're, they're angry. Uh, they this, this um, hatred, there's a hatred for Putin that's being uh, fomented. Uh, I, I mean, I, that whole thing, it's just so interesting to me that the, the government-run media here in America, the American Pravda, if you will, is, is continuing to bombard us with Ukraine like they bombarded us with COVID. Both things are real, but what is, what's behind it is what I still can't get my brain around. But, the, what, but what they're doing is they're pulling on the heartstrings of us about our care for our fellow man and with all of, all of these stories and photos that are coming out of Ukraine. But right here in Colorado, this Democrat legislature and this Democrat governor just signed legislation that basically would let a baby be aborted right up until the moment of birth. Now, if we had every day, you know, running totals on the number of abortions that are occurring in in our country, if every day we had stories about... uh, what this has done to lives. And and I want to also say there is forgiveness in this uh, and there can be healing on this. But, but if we had everyday tragic stories about what was happening and then photos of, of, of all this, I think we in America would, would, would probably make some different choices. 
But it is tragic that right here in Colorado, we have one of the now one of the most aggressive abortion policies throughout the world. Producer Steve. Well, it makes us sound like broken records, but we recognize that uh, six years before Roe versus Wade, before those words, that phrase was ever uttered, our own governor at the time, well, he wasn't governor, I guess he was a senator, uh, Dick Lamb, 1967, was pushing this particular agenda. Right. So it's been a long time, and we need to have an honest conversation about what's going on with this. And we need to look at this issue of compassion and uh, and adoption is always is always an option out there, and uh, so anyway, uh, it's a tr- it's a it's a sad day in Colorado when the, when this was signed. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk with Colorado Representative Kim Ransom. She's on the Joint Budget Committee, and uh, my friends, we do not have a uh, a um, we don't have a tax problem here. I mean, we have a tax problem, and we don't. We have a spending problem big time here in Colorado, and we're going to talk about it. Stay tuned. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. And today, noon to three, is the big election truth rally down at the Capitol. And uh, Colorado, rep, um, let's see, a Mesa County Clerk and Recorder and candidate for Colorado Secretary of State, Tina Peters, will be presenting, as well as Sharona Bishop, America's Mom, among other um, people. So it should be a really great event. Uh, I think it's going to be a little windy, so be sure and bring some hat and gloves for that. Uh, on the line with me is my state representative, and that is Representative Kim Ransom. And she sits on the Joint Budget Committee, and the long bill, which is the big budget bill, uh, was just recently um, uh, proposed. And so we wanted to talk with Kim about what is in this particular long bill. Kim Ransom, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How about you? I know you spend hours and hours on all of this, and I so appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, 
honored to serve. Okay, what do our listeners need to know about this budget that's being proposed here in Colorado? It's growing. It's growing, and government is growing. And we are planning with this budget, if it passes the Senate this week and then is signed by the governor, it includes funding for at least 800 new employees, which should give you a um, just a guidepost of how big our government is going to be. It is, it's just huge. And um, w- when I was elected, Kim, um, eight years ago, I looked at some of the numbers and I was talking to uh, Rep Van Winkle, who is in House District 43. As you know, we, you and I are in House District 44. Back then, um, we looked at the population figures. The population in Colorado has grown 7.2%. So we should expect 7 plus percent growth in the budget. It's grown almost 50%. So I hope that that chills you just a little bit with how big our government's getting. Representative Ransom, how is this possible when we have Tabor, Colorado's Taxpayers' Bill of Rights? That is the question of the century, because as you know, my caucus has been pushing back, fighting back, trying hard to keep us within the boundaries that the taxpayers gave us back in 1992 with the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. Well, there's a couple tricks that the majority party has. One is uh, fees. I'm sure you've heard that there's a difference between taxes and fees. So what the majority party does is impose fees on all of you. Now, they might be mandatory fees. Um, They might apply to everybody whether or not you use a certain product or, or usage of some kind sounds like a tax, right? But they call it a fee, and that actually passes muster, at least so far. It, and, so, and then also they can put money into something called an enterprise. And I'm sure you've heard that term, but what an enterprise is, is meant to be is something that is outside the boundaries of Tabor, meaning that they allow revenue to come in and then back out for a specific itemized purpose, for example, uh, our state universities, our state colleges, uh, students pay tuition, and that tuition, all the universities are classified as an enterprise because the tuition coming in, and if you think about it, I'll actually agree with that one, that tuition should not necessarily then be turned around and if it increases if you know if the total amount received goes over a certain percentage or limit then it would have to be refunded to the taxpayers see that so that it doesn't it fits that universities are enterprises but they're turning all kinds of things into enterprises for example transportation funding because the smart voters of colorado last november voted in that Enterprises over a certain amount still have to be approved by the voters. Uh, Senate Bill 160 last year, they just brought in four different enterprises in one bill so that each one would stay below that limit. You know, it's so interesting you wouldn't... 
Yeah. Well, it's so interesting that you would mention that because when that um, uh, was passed on the ballot regarding, uh, let's see, I guess if an enterprise brought in, what it, was it, over $100 million within I five years? Million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That then that would have to go to the voters. And Patty, our researcher, called it immediately. She said, they're just going to split this up into different... Um, different enterprises to keep it under a hundred million dollars and that's exactly what they did and not only that they did it in the same bill you know it was one thing if they did it over you know with multiple bills over multiple years but last the very first year they they ran one bill and had four different enterprises and they just called them different names so one of them is the gas fee gas tax All right. that you are going to be paying every time you fill up your car with gas, you're going to be paying more more taxes. Or I, they call them fees. I call them taxes. So that is how the government has managed to grow. And I will, I do have to give a little bit of um, admittance that a lot of that is also federal funding. Remember all those stimulus packages that uh, that were given mm-hmm. to states over the past two years? And just so, you know, the majority party seems to deny that that has anything to do with the inflation that we're seeing right now. I literally kept I have a, three or four copies of that. Um, our local Denver newspaper that has it had 40 percent inflation projected. And I literally have that headline at my desk, at my both my floor desk and my JBC desk to make sure that any time we talked about inflation or increased spending or federal funds that the state wanted to keep, even if they're trying to find ways to spend it, well, it's, that's what's causing inflation. If you print money and have more of it, that's economics 101. That's what leads right. to inflation to a large extent. Now, I get it that we also have a war going on uh, across the ocean. I mean, there are other things that can add to it but to be honest what started it was printing all that federal money well and when we talk about inflation of energy prices what you just mentioned uh first of all if whether or not you call it a tax or a fee when when everyday people look at their their wallets the money's gone and uh, it's it's the same thing it's it's gone because it's been taken via government and even if they call it a fee it's still the money is out of our pocket but it's it's these policies that have really created this inflation and it's really democrat failed policies that has made has made this happen and so first and foremost regarding energy prices the fact that uh, biden shut down the um Keystone XL pipeline, but yet was supporting the Nord Stream pipeline over in Europe. It just doesn't really make sense. And then this gas fee that is going to, to kick in, gas gas prices have gone up significantly. And here in Colorado, there's going to be another hidden fee that, are they delaying that just a little bit? I can't remember, Kim, or when is that going to kick in? Yes, I hope this makes your listeners as frustrated and even angry as I was, as I was watching the bill coming through. What they have done is delay the implementation date of many of their recent bills to next January. So 
look at your calendar. There's a big election in November of 22, and a lot of these new fees kick in in January of 23. And there were some that were scheduled to kick in this year. Guess what? They ran some bills to delay them for a year. There are some new fees, uh, uh, driver's license fees, for example, and they have, and some, oh, some of the business licenses too. They, they actually ran bills to delay them until next January. And of course, they're trying to make it sound that it's COVID related and that they're being compassionate for people. They don't want people to pay, have to start paying these fees right now. Well, I'll, I'll push back on that a little bit and say, you know, look at when the election is. I think that has a lot to do with when those fees kick in. It is so disingenuous, uh, Representative Ransom, for uh, legislators not to at least have the guts to be responsible for the legislation that they're passing. And I think everyday people expect that legislators would have the guts to to be able, that's how it was always supposed to be, that they would face their constituents and uh, have to be responsible for that. Exactly. And that has been going on for since our country was founded. And that is actually one of the reasons I pushed back on all those state hires I mentioned a few minutes ago, is a lot of them have rulemaking ability, rulemaking authority that affects your life. It affects your business. It affects your kids. It affects local districts. It affects schools. It affects so many things. Yet those decisions are being made by hired bureaucrats, hired and I might add now in the, in the new union that was passed two years ago, um, the ability for our state employees to unionize, and now they're coming in with new demands, new requests for all kinds of things that they would like to see as part of their employment package. But all, my point is, is that all of those decisions should be being made by legislators. Absolutely. That's at, yes. Mm-hmm. Because we answer to the people. We answer to our constituents. We get email from our constituents and phone calls. And I know that many, many of my decisions, I actually have offered bills because one or two constituents come in with a request and are asking for something. I literally have, you know, been able to get at least a couple bills that I can think of offhand passed. Um, because of a constituent and and okay we're gonna we lost you for just a minute kim let's go to break Uh, we're talking with uh, colorado representative kim ransom she sits on the joint budget committee we've got over a 36 billion dollar budget that's being uh, proposed and uh, working its way through the the legislature right now so we're going to go to break we'll be right back with uh, representative ransom Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. 
All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And legislators should have to face their constituents for the legislation and the votes that they they do. And on the line with me is my representative, and that is Representative Kim Ransom. And she has served on the Joint Budget Committee uh, for a number of years, so she really understands this Colorado budget. And uh, Representative Ransom, you had mentioned in the last segment that the Colorado government is growing and growing and growing. But a lot of that money that is fueling that growth has been printed in Washington and doled out to us. But um, once, and, and you mentioned that it looks like there could be a, additional people that were hired, are hired by the state of Colorado. Well, if, if this is being, they're hired because we've gotten all this federal money because of the stimulus funds, and those stimulus funds go away, does that mean that we're going to shrink government, or what do you think about that? Well, I shudder to think what's going to happen because I don't know that there's a real plan for that. I think that the the majority party just figures figures that they'll figure out a way to deal with it at some point in time. But the scary part is that the, there are new employees hired and now there's a union there that is going to be protecting them. So I'm just not sure... I I know that I was told, because I asked this question multiple times in Joint Budget Committee uh, briefings and hearings as well, how that was going to be handled. And I was told, well, these are term employees, you know, they're they're temp employees or I mean, they're state employees. So they're not they're not just hiring temps, but their their contract is what they're what I'm being told and that they aren't going to be there forever. But. I can tell you that there were several requests this year for temp employees to be and contract employees to be turned into regular FTE state employees because they were so needed. They were so valuable and they absolutely were needed to be permanent employees. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. It just won't, hit the fan really Kim until 2026 is when I believe the funds have to be spent and that is when a lot of this there will be some very difficult decisions for the legislators at that time to make because you don't want people thrown out of work either but at the same time they're over hiring now and when you have one-time dollars they should be used for one-time expenditures. So I can tell you one of the uh, places that I thought that if the money was to be spent and if the money was to be kept in Colorado, how about capital capital improvements or capital 
development. You uh, think? CBC is what it's called. You, because that would be a one-time expenditure. Exactly. Could we have used it on road? Could we have used it on roads and bridges? Yes, it could have been. One one thing that I actually wanted to do was give it back to the taxpayers that actually what a novel. paid those taxes. But you know that is one of the or or you know the other one was to pay down the unemployment trust fund. You know that we are mm-hmm. about a billion dollars in debt right now to the federal government from the 2020 unemployment. And remember, much of that was even established as fraud, you know, fraudulent dollars that we paid out to bad actors. And so now we have this huge debt to the federal government. And what that means is that we're going to start charging a premium to our business owners that have employees and make them pay this higher amount until we replenish, till we pay off the debt and then replenish the fund, which we actually want to grow. We want to have a nice high uh, cash fund available in that unemployment trust fund so that if there is any type of a, you know, natural disaster or any type of a recession or anything, if people are filing for unemployment, which, you know, they're helping pay for, they, they should be able to get those unemployment checks. And I mean, if we have all this debt in place, and then making business owners pay the premium. So I'd rather pay off the debt. But what I was told when I requested that was, you might remember our talk a few minutes ago about an enterprise. The Unemployment Insurance Trust Fund is an enterprise. And they were very concerned about jeopardizing the enterprise status by putting general fund into it. So, but there were other ways, you know, there's other ways to work with that, i.e., how about the federal dollars? Put the federal dollars into that. And well, money, yeah, again, all that money is, <laughs> it's fun, it's fungible. So let's mm-hmm. just really connect these dots. First of all, the federal government has printed all kinds of money and we're going to, we're, we're paying for it now through inflation. Uh, so that's how everyday people are paying for it. Uh, but also, we're saddling the next generations with an an, an unsustainable amount of debt. We t- they talk about sustainability all the time. This is not sustainable. So there's first and foremost. So we get some of that. We get money in from the federal government. But then also, instead of using that money to, as you mentioned, shore up the unemployment fund, which is uh, just just about out of money. Uh, instead, what they're going to do is tax our businesses more for that. Well, then we had actually talked about this um, uh, recycle um, recycling bill that uh, will cost uh, our our businesses more as well. It seems like they are always looking at the businesses to. Um, to, to, for like a money tree, and there is no money tree. Our little businesses are just getting uh, really uh, squeezed, uh, Representative Ransom. Yes, indeed. And my job is not to start adding to their tax burden. My job is to, as you said right at the beginning, halt the spending, or not, and not halt it, but get control over the spending. Um, I, I mean, just I'll, I'll say it flat out. What I'm seeing down down at the Capitol now is a bunch of little kids in a candy store with grandpa's wallet. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. how they're spending mm-hmm. the money, trying to find more and more ways to spend it rather than 
figuring, well, how about if we save some of it? You know, we do mm-hmm. have till 2026 to spend some of these dollars. Wouldn't that be, what a concept, again, to have some money in the bank. Now, we do have some reserves, I will admit to, that we do have a statutory requirement for reserves. But if you don't stop the bleeding, reserves aren't going to help you. It's not, Even it's a not gonna 15% matter. reserve isn't going to keep you going indefinitely if you won't cut back on spending. Right. Well, and the other danger, danger that I see here, and I hadn't really thought about this until you mentioned it, and that is, um, and actually, um, Marianne Goodland had a piece in the Denver Gazette, and it said that proponents of Colorado's Tabor designed the constitutional amendment to curb government's voracious appetite for more spending. But Colorado's most recognizable tax law, which turns 30 this year, hasn't stopped the state government from growing. It says, consider this. Lawmakers propose to spend $36.4 billion in the next fiscal year, an amount that funds 63,349 full-time equivalent employees. That's nearly 1,250 more than current staffing levels. So now we just recently had the unionization of the state employees. Once they're hired, it will be very difficult to ever uh, reduce th- that number. And, uh, and, and the people that are paying the taxes for the, to pay these employees salaries and their benefits are hardworking Coloradans. Uh, your thoughts on that, Representative Ransom? Well, you kind of summed it up really well in that, we are hiring and hiring and hiring and establishing this elite group of employees that are the bureaucrats making rules that then turn around and help their employment status. And that's a real scary place to be in, and that is absolutely not what our founding fathers intended. And I will also add the Colorado Constitution definitely did not intend that because there are some real limits on legislator on legislators right now and on the legislature itself in that we can only meet for 120 days a year unless the requirements are met for a special session, which doesn't happen real often. And we are supposed to only be able to handle the statewide issues that need to be handled on a statewide decision-making basis, so many of, of the decisions, so many of the things that affect you either are happening on a local level or should be happening on a local level. For example, local school, school boards should be making decisions about their local school districts. County commissioners and municipalities make more decisions for their local jurisdictions. The state should not be able to come in and tell our county commissioners, for example, how to and, and micromanage their day-to-day work. And I, I see a lot of that coming to pass in, in the bills that we are passing right now. And that is absolutely not the centralized government that anyone envisioned when the state of Colorado was formed. Yes, we need to, Representative Ransom, we really need to reclaim this rugged individual spirit that built this beautiful state. And um, with we're seeing that uh, under this Democrat control, it's a state that I don't even recognize. We've got just a minute left. What's your final thoughts? Just keep an eye on the legislators, on your legislators. Please, please, everybody, do your homework and then vote in the primary this, this June, and then again, and then again in the 
um, general election next November. Make sure that you are on top of your representatives because you're their boss. Let me tell this to everybody listening. You don't have leaders. You have servants. That is who is elected to be up in the Capitol is servants. And you're their boss. And please treat them as such. Please let them know when the decisions that they're making are hurtful to you, your family, or your business. And they need to, they need to know the, the impacts of what they're doing. Representative Ransom, thank you so much for uh, being my representative and the great job that you do. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me on, Kim. As always, you're my boss as well. And I hope that you always give me a good job or a good uh, review. But I also hope that um, that if there's anything I can ever do for you, that you all he- not hesitate to give me a call. You know how to find me. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Our quote for today is from J.R.R. Tolkien. He says, no half hardness and no worldly fear must turn us aside from following the light unflinchingly. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice and the American way. My friends, you're not alone. God bless you and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is our second hour uh, and you're each treasured and valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind and your body. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That is producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. And you know, happy Tuesday to you as well. I know. And, and what a day it's going to be for you. It is a busy, busy day. Yes, I do get to emcee uh, this election truth rally down at the Capitol today, noon to three. And some great speakers among them is Mesa County Clerk and Recorder, uh, Tina Peters. She's also a candidate for Secretary of State, as well as Sharona Bishop. Uh, she's America's mom. There's going to be a whole bunch of great speakers. And that is noon to three. It's supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be a sunshiny day, isn't it, Steve? Let me take a quick look here. Uh, but it does look like it's going to be windy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> two different reports stress the wind factor. Yeah. So dress accordingly for that. Uh, for sure. But uh, come out. It's going to be sunny and windy, but um, put on a hat and gloves and um, come join us noon to three today. Uh, Congratulations to the University of Kansas Jayhawks for winning the NCAA men's final. A very exciting game, big comeback, and they won by just a few points. And of course, I I love the Jayhawks. I actually attended the University of Kansas for one semester, producer Steve. 
Yes, and I'm sure there's a plaque there that uh, somewhere on <laughs> campus that notates that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Uh, several things to go through before we talk with Kathleen Chandler uh, regarding her local government project that she's doing over at uh, the Independence Institute. But first of all, this Saturday, big. it's also a very busy day, and that is the uh, Colorado State GOP Convention is down in Colorado Springs, and I would highly recommend that each and every one of you email Christy Burton-Brown, the chair, and that would be Christy at org, requesting that instead of electronic voting, that we actually have paper ballots. And it seems like we should be able to accomplish that. Or if they are... Um, um, just uh, totally want to do electronic voting, have paper ballots as a backup so that we can certainly do an audit on those results. And so email her at Christy, that's K-R-I-S-T-I, at C-O-L-O-G-O-P dot org. That's Christy at C-O-L-O-G-O-P dot org. You know, Steve, I find it super interesting that with all of these questions about the electronic voting machines throughout the country, that the Colorado State GOP would choose that as their method of balloting down at the state GOP assembly. I just kind of find that curious. Well, the Kool-Aid that we uh, we have seen that's being served says that Colorado is the gold standard. So maybe they're just they've had a few sips of that Kool-Aid. I don't know. Uh, they, they, yes, they have said that we are the gold standard, but we're finding out if, in fact, you say you're the gold standard, you have to prove that you're the gold standard. And when we look at that terrible election bill, which is Senate Bill 153, that centralizes power with power, hear those two words, centralizes power of our elections within the Secretary of State's office, currently a Democrat, but even if it was a Republican, I would not support this because this bill is antithetical to free, fair, and honest elections. So uh, email Christy at Colorado, that's C-O-L-O-G-O-P dot org, requesting that we have paper ballots down there at the State Assembly on Saturday, Producer Steve. Well, you know as well as I do, when you start talking about paper ballots, they're going to tar and feather you and call you a dinosaur. But our reality is there are too many issues surrounding this all electronic media uh, and and vote gathering system and there's too many nefarious people out there who can get their hands on them and uh, there certainly is and uh, the mesa county voting systems second report they found that there were 36 uh, wireless devices in those machines and bear in mind those voting machines were manufactured in mexico and china so what could go wrong with that, Producer Steve? But <laughs> Nothing. Could go wrong? Nothing. A couple of things. I want to go to our quote of the day. And, that, and remember, my friends, you can call in uh, about 745. That last segment, we will take call-ins. I want to know what's on your radar. That phone number is 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. Our quote for today is from J.R.R. Tolkien, who's an English writer, poet, academic, best known as the author of high fantasy works such as The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And from 1925 to 1945, he was the Rawlinson and Bosworth Professor of Anglo-Saxon and a fellow of Pembroke College, both at the University of, of Oxford. He was born in 1892 and died during 1973. Or, not during, he died in 1973. Producer Steve, let's just think about what was going on in the world, though, during his lifetime. 
there were two world wars. So while we think that things are difficult now, they've been difficult in each generation. And to have his perspective is rather remarkable. Uh, Again, he was born in 1892. He died in 1973. And this is what he said. He said, I think I'm quite ready for another adventure. And producer Steve, it is always an adventure on the Kim Munson Show. (laughs) Well, I would ask you this. You don't... You don't just willy-nilly pick a quote of the day. You usually have something you want to tie it to. So what are you tying this particular quote to? And that's and you're you're right. But I just I wanted to for some reason he, he just came to mind. And so I started to go through all of his quotes cuz I thought people living through difficult times. And here he lived through two different world wars. And he wrote The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And, and there's such stories of good and evil. And we feel this good and evil that is tugging us here in our country. We pray for our country that we, we come back and we focus on, on, our, on the divine provider that was instrumental in, in the creation of the United States of America. And so I was just looking at people that had lived through... Uh, very trying times, and I guess that would be each generation. And then I was looking for hope, and and that's how I ended up with him. And sometimes, as I mentioned, I, I can get down a rabbit hole reading all of these different quotes because they're so interesting by all these different people. But again, the quote by J.R.R. Tolkien, he said, I think I'm quite ready for another adventure. Uh, very quickly, before we get over to Kathleen Chandler with the Independence Institute, this bill of the day... Uh, and we went into it more extensively in the first se- uh, first hour of the show. But it's House Bill 22, 1355. Uh, the primary sponsors are Representative Lisa Cutter and Senator and Democrat, Senators Julie Gonzalez, Democrat, and Kevin Priola, uh, who is a Republican. It's called the Producer Responsibility Program for Recycling. It's 51 pages long, much longer than the Constitution of the United States. Uh, let's just think about that. Uh, how we, how Colorado producers have to package their products and the fact that they will have to pay a fee towards a recycling program. And it's 51 pages long, which is longer than the Constitution of the United States. What could go wrong with that, Producer Steve? <laughs> well, the, you know, for, what just popped into my mind when you brought up <clears throat> this, the, the bill again, I also went back to that bill. How far back was it now? Six, seven, eight weeks ago about the spoons? One of these spoons are part of that recycling. Ooh. And so they have, well, they don't want you to have that spoon. Oh, so yeah. that's probably why they are going to create this uh, this uh, f- fees that our, our manufacturers have to pay, which makes them less competitive than all of the other states out there. And again, squeezing our small to mid-sized businesses. And of course, they have to pass that on to the consumer as if, as if it hasn't been enough of uh, price increases. This will increase prices as well. And uh, again, terrible bill. And that is House Bill. Again, let's see, it was House Bill 1355. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Kathleen Chandler has been doing something for many years that is so important, and that is the local government 
uh, training project that she's uh, heading up over at the Independence Institute. And when we come back, um, I, in fact, I just got something in the mail regarding uh, the South Suburban Parks and Recreation election that's coming up. Many of these special districts have elections coming up in May, and so we wanted to talk with Kathleen Chandler about that. But before we do that, though, another I have to give a shout-out to a great sponsor of the show of both my shows, and that's Hooters Restaurants. They have five locations, uh, Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, Colorado Springs, and Loveland, and they have great lunch specials available Monday through Friday, 11 to 2. They have uh, great some great $9 items, some great $10 items, and then their lunch, efficient chips, uh, and other things are at $11. So keeping keeping prices lower so that you can go out and have some fun with some friends at lunch. So, again, check out all of their specials at my website, KimMunson.com. We'll be right back with Kathleen Chandler. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is KimMunson.com. Uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well and sign up for our uh, weekly newsletter as well. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays and podcasts and a lot of great information there. On the line with me is Kathleen Chandler, and she is the uh, the director of this local government project uh, at the Independence Institute. And it's I served on city council from 2012 to 2016 in Lone Tree, and I realized that um, many people that are in local government and on these boards and commissions lean to a, a very um, perspective that is very... Um, leans to the left where government should get bigger and bigger and bigger and we have actually many of us have because we're raising families building businesses have not been involved in our local governments and we realize that that is the place where we need to start Kathleen Chandler has stepped up to this and um, created this local government project Kathleen Chandler welcome to the show thank you so much Kim I really appreciate it uh, how long well? has it? I can. How long has it been since you started this uh, program? Um, I've actually been with the Independence Institute about eight years now, and um, it was kind of a fun, fun uh, project. John Caldera 
called me about eight years plus ago and said, hey, we really want to figure out how we can kind of move the needle of the um, kind of that freedom needle within the local government. So we started out in Aurora, Colorado, but just found out that it was really almost too difficult to start that small because a lot of these local boards and commissions that you might be on are dependent completely on your address because everything is by district. Um, over the years, the Independence Institute has identified over 4,000, believe it or not, local governments up and down the front range. And that's not even in the entire state of Colorado. And because of that, it's so dependent on your address that it, it, it's just really difficult to figure out who belongs to where. So over time, we just kind of morphed this into a very large project where we're looking at the entire state. And, in fact, I was just in Grand Junction this last weekend um, over in Mesa County and uh, working with them on getting on some of their boards and commissions. And there are 20 boards, just small boards, within the, the county of Mesa and over um, 18 boards just in the city of Grand Junction. That does not include water districts, fire districts, all of those kind of smaller ones, but also everything that has to do with libraries, school districts. And it's kind of amazing because those are really where um, things happen. It's where local government is actually at its most insidious, but also can be at its most responsive. And so we as citizens just need to know that that is what we need to do and get involved because you do not need to be elected to be part of these boards and commissions. It's quite amazing. Well, and it is. and But there are also things where there are elections, such as South Suburban Parks and Recreation has an election coming up. And many of these uh, special districts, it could be your road district. And so there are elections for that. And people aren't even hardly paying attention to it. But right. these different districts have big budgets. They have taxing powers and they have big budgets. And it really can, these decisions can really affect our pocketbooks. Right. In fact, um, I, uh, this last year, decided to become part of the Tall Grass Metro District. Now, it sounds really small. It's actually an elected position. It's about 700 homes in my community that are in this special district. Well, as I did some more research, as an elected position, um, there are five of board positions up, and there were actually only five people running. So there actually ended up not being an election. So most people don't even know what it is, right? And the election is going to be happening supposedly in May, but obviously because there's five people running and five people there, we're not going to need to do that. And so, um, but this little metro district has over $14 million that it keeps track of because of all of the, uh, the um, roads and br- the roads in the community. And, and that's just a huge, huge budgetary implication. And people don't realize how much uh, that is in their community. It's the second largest taxing authority in my community. Isn't that amazing? And people don't even realize it. We're having elections coming up for fire boards, for all kinds of things that's going to be that mid-election in May. So be watching out for that because you need to know how they're spending your money and what they're doing. And these are very important. These are those fire districts, metro districts, a lot of the smaller districts. Uh, and, and so I just took a quick look at this, and I'm trying to figure out these different uh, budgets out here. 
But for the South Suburban Parks and Recreation, their proposed budget is $100 million. So let's yep. just think about that. That is just huge. And I'm trying to find out some of these other metropolitan district uh, budgets as well. But um, how can people get involved with this? And uh, I had uh, Mark, one of our listeners, had reached out to me because we were talking about politics and civics. And there is a little difference between we have a civic duty, we as citizens, to understand what's going on in our lo- our governments. And, and sometimes we kind of forget to keep an eye on these local governments. And so this right. is something that you are training people to do. And, in fact, you have a training today. Well, actually, it, it, the training is, um, is April 26th. It's a Tuesday evening. You can go to the Independence Institute's website at i2i.org. And on, you can register. Uh, we often have these about once every month or so. I try to have these. Um, it's just an opportunity for you to understand how you can um, get involved in that local government. But by being on these boards and commissions, you can really actually affect your local government. And some of them are elected, as I said, you know, the Tall Grass Metro Board, maybe your fire district. But I would say more of them are not elected. And that's really why we as citizens need to get involved. Okay. And uh, sorry, I misspoke on that. I don't know why I thought today was April 26th, as fast as everything's going. That's going to be a Zoom meeting. <laughs> and uh, not April 26th. The no. world have been flowing by. <laughs> <laughs> and it does go by very quickly. But again, uh, that's going to be a Zoom meeting. And you've had tremendous response from people on this, correct? Oh, yes. Uh, over the years I've been doing this, I've probably had... I would say close to a thousand plus people uh, attend the various trainings. I've got them in person. I've had them in Zoom. I've had them uh, one-on-one, and we've placed I would say as close to over a hundred people in various boards and commissions throughout the entire state of Colorado. So it's been a very successful project. And the whole idea here is to get liberty-loving people on these boards and commissions, so that we can change the trajectory of your local government to be more responsive to you as a citizen and so that you know what's going on. I, I always say that um, Aunt B from Mayberry RFD probably was on the library board, right? And when she would go to the library board, she knew exactly what was happening in her local community. But what did she do? She came home and she told Andy and Opie all about what it meant to be civically minded. She was passing on the idea of being involved in your local government to the next generation. And we are not involved, much less are we telling our children to be involved. And so the only people that are being involved are those that really want to affect local government, and often in a negative way, in that they want local government to really be in your business. That's what this is about. Do we want to be free? Do we want to have government limited? Or do we want government to be involved in everything that we do? And, and really, the best way to do that is to be involved to say, no, this is not the role of government. No, government should only do this or that. And as a citizen, you have every right to participate because that's what we, it is. It's government for the people, by the people. So here we are as citizens being involved. Well, and do you find that there's um, now some of these meetings are on Zoom and uh, Natalie Minton actually has uh, started a program for newly elected 
uh, representatives. I don't want to say officials. We need to start to make sure that we bring back this, we reclaim language and those that we, we elect, they are our representatives. So she started a program there because sometimes being a freedom person on a board or commission or uh, a city council can be difficult because almost everybody there they want to grow whatever board or commission or city council they're on. And and so is there some kind of a camaraderie that is occurring there? Because I know with the this first meeting that uh, Natalie had, it, I see a camaraderie. And then Helen Raleigh and I are doing these uh, media training workshops. And again, uh, those are in person. And so there's a camaraderie there. Are you able to create that, Kathleen Chandler, with this program? Absolutely, absolutely. And the best, I always tell people, there's there's really a great way to do it, is to have you and a friend to go and become part of these boards and commissions because there's nothing better than having that person next to you so you can, like, touch elbows and go, can you believe that? Um, I can't believe that just happened. Or to afterwards, after the meeting, to go and have an adult beverage and kind of debrief from each other so that you understand what actually happened. But if you cannot have two people that are friends on these boards, another great solution is to go to the meetings. Go to your local planning and zoning meeting. Go to your local water commission meeting and sit there as a member of the audience and be the voice of reason. Give the head nod to somebody who's making a really good point. Kind of grimace when you hear something you're not quite sure about. And then when they have public comment, you have the right and the responsibility to get up and offer your public comment. You know, in the First Amendment, the very last line of our U.S. Constitution on the First Amendment says, you have the opportunity to redress your grievances. And if we as citizens are not redressing redressing our grievances, then why are we complaining? You know, if we're not going to the city council meeting and letting our city officials know what's going on and what we're pleased with and what we're not pleased with, then we get what we get, which is basically government control because there's no check or balance put on those people. So you can be an additional um, member of a committee for sure, but the minimum you should do is go and, and be that voice of reason. That's why these great groups of people that are going to school boards is so important because there is what I call power in numbers, pins. The more people that are there, the more you understand that these people represent you in that setting, in that audience. And that gives the elected officials the idea of, well, maybe we should listen. You know, it's not just the one or two people that show up that are always the rebel rousers. It's the normal citizens, you, me, others, that are going to go in and say, hey, this is the role of government, no more. No more do we need this. We need less government. And that's what we're talking about here is just being that voice of reason. Well, and common sense and reason, we need to bring that uh, bring that back to government for sure. I'm talking with Kathleen Chandler regarding her local government uh, project, which is at, uh, through the Independence Institute. Before we go to break, uh, we'll come back and talk with Kathleen in the next segment. And then in the last segment, it is What's on Your Radar? You can give me a call with What's on Your Mind. That number is 303-477-5600, 303 303- Four seven seven fifty six hundred, but want to mention another great sponsor. It's because of your support and these great sponsors that we have our independent voice on the air here. And 
another great sponsor is Kirsch Insurance Group, and they're specialists in the Medicare arena. They work with uh, with many carriers throughout Colorado, and so they can help you uh, figure out your plan that works best for you. They're not just constricted by working with one particular company. And uh, it doesn't cost you anything. And so it's so important. It's so complicated uh, because government's involved with Medicare. It's so complicated. And to have Kirsch Insurance Group, and that's Marlon, Naomi, um, uh, Danielle, all of them uh, over at Kirsch Insurance Group on your side of the table, it makes you sleep better at night. So be sure and check out their website. That's iKirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. Uh, iKirsch.com. We'll be right back with Kathleen Chandler. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get uh, our most recent essays, op-eds, uh, a view of who our upcoming guests are. And uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, we are an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Remember the last segment about um, uh, 745. Uh, we will take call-ins. I want to hear what's on your radar. That uh, phone number is 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. And on the line with me is Kathleen Chandler. And she is the director of the local government project uh, at the Independence Institute. And Kathleen, your next event is Tuesday, April 26th, 6.30 to 8 p.m., correct? Yep. It's a, it's a class that we offer. Um, I try to do them about every month or thereabouts. And, um, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, one of the great things of, of uh, COVID was the availability of Zoom. And so this is held by Zoom, so you can do it from the comfort of your own home or if you're on the Western Slope or down in Southern Colorado or wherever you might be. I've actually had people from different states uh, start to join in because I think there's a sense of movement that, wait a minute, what is government doing and how can I be the solution? And so this class will help you to understand how government works and why you are essential to helping the overreach of government, how to stop that, and how you as a citizen have the right and the responsibility to do so. So this class will take you through how to apply on being on a board or a commission, what it looks like, and even if you decide not to be part of a board or a commission, what do I see myself doing? How do I see myself being part of the solution that freedom needs to be over force of government? Because the more we let government take over, 
obviously the less freedom we have. And as a citizen, I just really want to know that government is doing its proper role, which is basically protecting my individual rights. So don't let somebody steal from me, uh, you know, protect my the borders of the United States, and also uh, make roads and bridges. Those are pretty much the fundamental things of government. National defense, and everything yeah. everything mm-hmm. in between. Yeah, everything in between is we can argue about. So why don't we get on these boards and commissions and have that input that we need in order to say no to the overreach of government? Or maybe that program would be good or not, but let's discuss it at least and not just let government tax us and make these programs to our detriment. Well, and Kathleen, you mentioned a couple of things. and uh, You're familiar, I think, with this Emerge program, which has uh, been very successful on the Democrat side. And it really is um, radical left kind of... it is training women to run for office and win, and and they've been pretty successful, and, and it's a pretty extensive training program and well-funded. It seems like over on our side, it, the freedom people, we kind of do this in some ways on a wing and a prayer. But in a way, I think we're creating our own eMERGE uh, training program through what you're doing here with the local government project. Uh, training people yeah, regarding these local governments. Helen Raleigh and I are doing this media training workshop. Uh, Natalie Minton is is putting together uh, this training for newly uh, elected representatives. And then I wanted to mention Liberty Toastmasters. And we meet down at the Independence Institute for the Denver chapter and then up in Longmont for the uh, Liberty Toastmasters North. But you mentioned about even if you're not going to get on a border commission, that you can make public comment. And that's typically two to three minutes. And we need to be effective communicators in doing that. And Liberty Toastmasters is a great place to go because their table topics is two to three minutes. And I think it's great practice on how to make public comments at these different um, boards, commissions, uh, city council meetings, Kathleen. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that we want to do at the Independence Institute is we want to be able to help you not only through that communication uh channel, which is what you guys are doing at Liberty Toastmasters, but arm you with statistics and information so when you go, you have a reasoned argument that is based in fact. So we have policy directors all up and down the, uh, everything you could think of from energy to healthcare to education. And what I want to do is be that connector piece through this local government project so that you as a citizen, when you go before a committee on transportation or whatever subject, that you feel like you know the latest and greatest facts because we have people that do policy work. The problem is, is in the past, we've been able to take that policy and move that to the state capitol. But there aren't enough people there anymore that we can persuade So we've decided to take that policy work and push it back down here to you as a citizen. You are the ones that need to go and elect better people and testify better so that we can start persuading those that are already in power. So the idea here is with organizations like Liberty Toastmasters and all of these other training grounds, along with the wonderful information that we're getting at the Independence Institute and disseminating it through the local government project, we can help citizens be educated, not only in talking to their neighbor, but really in in um, their helping those get elected that are much more liberty-minded. And that's really what this is all about, is getting good people in office. And that might be you, 
or it might be you supporting somebody who's good in office. Well, and so tell me uh, some success stories that you've had with the local government project. Well, one of my favorites is a gentleman named Don Sheehan. I use him all the time because he's just fantastic. He came to my local government class, oh, several years ago now, and um, decided, well, you know, he was retired, and he could get involved on the senior commission in the city of Centennial. So Don applied. He got on the senior commission. Everything was going great. And then one day, his seated city councilman, who had appointed him, decided that Don was doing such a good job on the senior commission, and he was going to move and no longer be uh, eligible for his office. Why wouldn't Don just step right into that position and uh, through the next election cycle apply and get, you know, get elected? Well, Don called me up and we talked about it and we set out a plan. And sure enough, Don was elected and he is a seated city councilman who is one, not only one election, but two all the way back from starting with the senior commission in the city of Centennial. And that's what it's all about. Don never saw him in that position, but he knew that he had something to offer. And that is the liberty-minded filter of knowing the role of government. And what's really exciting for me is that now when Don has a question about the city council or anything that's going on in Centennial, you know what? He uses us as a resource. So we've been able to help him talk through what's the proper role of government in taxation, what's the proper role in government in, let's say, um, vaping products or in other uh, limiting government products, whatever government regulations are. And Don has connected back with us and sees us as a resource. And that's really what it's about, right, getting good people elected and supporting them along the way so that when they face these questions, they are armed with good information. And now I'm hoping that Don is grooming somebody to do the same exact thing, putting good people on these boards and commissions and getting that pipeline so that we have quality people that are ready to run for office. Whether you do or not is up to you, but at least there's this opportunity that we're building that bench. As you said earlier, through Emerge and other programs, the left has been doing this for years and years and years. And we have been far behind because why? We just don't think about getting involved in government. It's not what we do on the right. We are more limited. So we don't even think about its rules. They think about it, plan it out, and do it. And we need to catch up. And the idea here is to start now so that in you know, five years, we're finally catching up and we have that pipeline ready to go. And we're electing liberty loving people to the city council and to our state representatives. Well, and Kathleen, one of the things where I think that we just need to start, and maybe if we can't make it to all the meetings, is start to familiarize ourselves with the budgets of these different uh, city councils and, and, and also to just go in and check the agendas for all of these different meetings as well so that we have an idea of what's coming before, for example, city councils. I actually have not been doing that much, uh, and I'm, I'm going to start to do that again because I was shocked when I went on to take a look at just the agendas and, and this is what is so frustrating is it makes it difficult for everyday people to attend these meetings. On city council day, there was the meeting in the evening, but in the uh, late afternoon, there was a, um, 
uh, study session. And then before that, there was a strategic uh, strategic session. And I think that that is almost by design that makes it difficult for everyday people to be involved because um, it seems like it's complicated and time consuming. But it is our civic duty to pay attention, Kathleen Chandler. You know, it's it's kind of it's almost humorous because you almost need like two or three people, you know, a bunch of mothers that could get together and one mom monitors this and one mom monitors that. And then once a week, you guys get together and discuss it, because otherwise you're right. It's a full time job to do this. And uh, unfortunately, the left has the ability to pay these people to do this. Right. Because they have that kind of mindset. So they, they don't have volunteers. They actually have kind of those paid activists that all they do is monitor things and then report back. So we in the, on the right need to decide, is our liberty worth it? Yes. Can you afford five hours a month, maybe even up to 10 hours a month to monitor your local government? And maybe you need to start splitting that time with somebody else. And getting together and, and kind of forming your own co-op. Like three or four of you are in charge of this commission. Two or three of you are in charge of this city council meeting. So that you can get together and start reporting back. Because back in the day, there used to be a media that would report on these things. Like they would post the agendas. They would have somebody seated there. But we don't have that kind of hyper-local reporting anymore. And, and, and because of that, these things are just totally under the radar, and no one knows what's going on. So you're right, Kim. It is becoming more and more complicated, and they do that by design. Right. But we need to come back and say, hey, let's undesign this. Let's get back to reasonableness and start and then start electing people that say, hey, this is not right. Let's rein in that government so that it is much more um, user-friendly and palatable in times of, uh, you know, in chunks of time that we can, as citizens, participate. Because it really is about participation. And when they make it difficult, that, I think, is when we need to step in and say that's wrong. That's when we really need to pay attention. Now, Kathleen Chandler, um, thank you so much. Um, and I know that you are multitasking today, and I greatly appreciate that. I think I, I heard a little bit of background noise, and that is because you are multitasking and you're – you want to tell people what you're doing? Well, I'm actually at, at a blood donation center this morning. I had this scheduled. Uh, I donate blood on a regular basis, but this time they need platelets, so – I'm having to do this platelet donation. So she was able to, uh, believe it or not, um, I had this wonderful nurse here at my talent. They stuck me with a needle and all of this while I'm talking to you. So I'm doing really good. <laughs> oh, my gosh, so Kathleen thank Chandler. You so <laughs> thank you for all you do. And so to register for this uh, next local training uh, event, it, which is Tuesday, April 26th, 6.30pm uh, to 8pm. Again, Tuesday, April 26th, go to I2I, that's the number two, I2I.org slash local hyphen gov, and you can sign up. It's $5. Kathleen Chandler, thank you so much for all you do and for, for, for getting us onto your schedule as well, uh, because this is so important. Yes, thank you, Kim, so much for the for the uh, the pointing us as you always do that government is nothing but force, and we must fight for our freedom. Absolutely, and you're doing that every day, Kathleen Chandler. Thank you so much. We're going to go to break. Right. When we come back, I want to hear from you. Phone number is three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred three zero three four seven seven. 5600 and uh, let me know what you think about whether or not we should have paper ballots down at the uh, 
uh, state uh, Republican Assembly this weekend. You can let me know about what you think about KU winning the game. Local government, the budget, uh, this abortion bill. Love to hear from you. 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. And be sure and join us down at the Capitol, uh, the Capitol today, noon to 3 p.m. for the Election Truth Rally. Uh, Mesa County Clerk and Recorder Tina Peters, who is running for Colorado Secretary of State, will present, as well as Sharona Bishop, America's Mom, among other speakers. And that's noon to three down at the Capitol. It's going to be windy, sunny, but windy, windy, so plan accordingly. Uh, give me a call, 303-477-5600. I want to know what's on your radar. And Anne in Denver, what is on your radar? Well, I wanted to mention regarding the rally that I get to see you at, I'm so happy to be there, um, the wind isn't going to drive us away, um, that Nancy Pelosi's husband is on the board of Dominion uh, voting machines, okay, and that the vice president, Kamala Harris's husband, um, Doug Imhoff, is a, um, a part of the law firm, the international law firm, that represents um, Smartmatic. I would say these are conflicts of interest, and I think most people don't know how um, intertwined uh, the top levels of government are. So both of those could actually become our president if uh, something happened to Biden. And um, and I, I think people need to spread that word, and I hope to see everybody there, okay, at noon. The noon down at the Capitol. And uh, thank you so much. I did not realize that. So thank you so much for sharing that information with us. And I will see uh, see you down at the Capitol at noon. Okay, great. Let's go over here to Tom from Fort Collins. Tom, what's on your radar? Good morning, Kim. Uh, I got my email returned from uh, Christy Burton Brown. She has on here that we have selected keypads that are auditable, verifiable, encrypted, and not connected to the Internet. Hmm. That sounds almost like what they told us about Dominion, isn't it? It does sound like that. And, huh, I'm I'm not a tech expert, but um, I'm not quite sure how that should work. I I really think, okay, we use that, but I think it'd also be great to have paper ballots to back that up. What do you think, Tom? And that's exactly what I said. Let's let's back it up. I can count. I can even take my shoes off if I have to count a little higher. <laughs> but uh, um, yes, also, I go ahead. 
isn't it interesting that the Dominion machines, if my memory serves correctly, Dominion machines were brought into Colorado by a so-called Republican. Uh, I believe it was Wayne Williams, whose wife made out uh, quite handsomely on, she was part of that board, as, as I recall. And then it's interesting that they wanted him to go out and take Tina Peters' spot out in uh, Mesa County. Just a lot of connections that just... Uh, Shall we say they're um, questionable? Well, it's interesting that you would bring that up. Now, I did not know that about Wayne Williams. Um, actually, the, the, um, um, I'd done some research on it, and the Dominion machines were brought in uh, when Scott Gessler was Secretary of State. He's a Republican. But when Wayne Williams was Secretary of State, he dictated that all counties were to use the, the Dominion machines for their elections. And I found it so interesting that uh, Douglas County Clerk and Recorder Merlin Klotz sued to say that Douglas County would not have to use those machines. So it ended up then that two counties did not use Dominion machines, uh, and that was Douglas County and Garfield County. But to your point, I, th- I think, and no journalist has asked these questions yet, and we really do need to start to ask these questions, is was there any financial benefit to Wayne or his family or any of their companies because Dominion was brought in? I'm not saying there is, but as journalists, we have to start to ask these questions. And and uh, Tom in Fort Collins, it is quite interesting that the uh, county commissioners out in Mesa County, and um, I know for sure two of them are, are Republican, I'm not sure about the third, that they uh, actually, when Colorado Secretary of State said that Tina Peters could not, uh, could not um, be the election official over those elections, my understanding is, is they brought Wayne Williams in and then also one other woman there in Mesa County, um, which I, I find that curious. So we need to ask these hard questions about whether there was any financial benefit in making that happen. And to my knowledge, Tom, in Fort Collins, nobody has done that. Are you? Is he still there, Steve? I am. I'm still here. Okay. I, I, I do think that we need to ask those questions, Tom. I agree. And that's what I'm doing. And uh, um, I didn't get a response back from uh, Christy on my uh, um, email that suggested that the honorable thing for her to do would be step down since she backhandedly supported um, uh, Pam Anderson, who is having to... I find it interesting that she is petitioning onto the... Uh, ballot rather than running through the primary oh or running running through the the assembly assembly i'm sorry yep i did not realize that okay so what tom in fort collins is referring to is uh tina peters mesa county clerk and recorder uh who arranged to have forensic images taken of the uh log files of the uh, voting machines out of mesa county before jenna griswold Colorado Secretary of State Democrat before the trust to build and after the trust to build and, and Dominion voting machine employees were involved in that as well. And what it it shows is that 29,000 of those logs and what the logs are is this record of who or what came in to those machines. 29,000 of those logs actually were either deleted or overwritten. And I guess it is common that sometimes there are files that are overwritten but 695 files that could be integral to determining the integrity of the election out there 
disappeared. Uh, there so, is a republic. Oh, go ahead. Well, the question I would have, if Colorado is the gold standard of elections, why not audit them? Prove it. Let's prove that Colorado is the gold standard. Up here in Larimer County, our Republican uh, clerk and recorder says we have the gold standard. But she refused to do a forensic audit on it. And um, I'm asking, she said her reasoning was that the other side would, would want to do that. Great. Let's audit it every damn time. Absolutely. Hey, Tom in Fort Collins, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. I'm going to try to get one more call in here. And John in Wellington, what's on your radar? Hey, good morning, Kim. Uh, Real quickly, uh, I ranch up here by Wellington. I was out working. I didn't get to watch the Kansas game, but I heard they (laughs) won in the last second or two. Yeah, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, my brother Ron played for Colorado University in 1969, and CU played Kansas for the Big 8 title, and Kansas was tough. They had a guy named Jojo White who played in the NBA, but CU beat Kansas. So that's just a little history back in 1969 to win the Big 8 title. But, uh, of course, Kansas is a phenomenal program, has been for years, so... Anyway, but I, that's I, all I, I, I appreciate you letting us know that um, that uh, CU beat KU. I know that whenever CU beats KU, they always <laughs> they always like to mention that for sure. So, thank you so much, John in Wellington. Okay. I greatly appreciate it. Doing a great, I, doing a great job, Kim. Keep it up. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you. I I wanted to just um, mention something that Tom in Fort Collins had mentioned the name Pam Anderson, and she is a Republican candidate for Secretary of State. I did not realize that she's not going to go through the assembly process, but that's what Tom said, uh, which that is this um, this weekend down at um, uh, in in Colorado Springs. But we need to also ask a question about her. I had reached out to her for a statement and invited her to come on the show um, because we've been talking about this. And that is, is that it is so curious that she is she's on temporary leave now, but she's still listed on the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Uh, that is the uh, nonprofit that got oh, around three hundred fifty million dollars of Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Pris- uh, Priscilla Chan's money that actually affected elections in some of these key areas in 2020. And I was thinking about it. He also probably got a tax write-off because it was a nonprofit that did that. But this Pam Anderson, who is a Republican candidate, sits on that board. And that is extremely problematic. And uh, so as we get through, uh, get through to uh, this uh, assembly, We'll find out who makes it through assembly to get onto the primary ballot. And then the other way people can get on is through petitioning. And so I'll know more about that after this um, after this next weekend. But to Tom's point uh, in Fort Collins, we need to, each and every one of us, needs to email Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I, at C-O-L-O-G-O-P dot org and request um, paper ballots for the elections down in Colorado Springs or paper ballots as a backup because we need to make sure that we walk our talk in saying that we are going to maintain the integrity of our elections. You know, I already owe owe her an email. Now I have two reasons to send her an email. Okay, you get on that as soon as we get off the air here. So our quote for the end of the show is by J.R.R. Tolkien. And this is what he said. He said, no half-heartedness and no worldly fear 
must turn us aside from following the light unflinchingly. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.